Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. Those technologies you discuss, like the green energy. Now, maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist. I read too many of these things, but don't a lot of the large like companies, like big oil companies, not want that stuff to happen? There's some headwinds with that. Sure. There, there are some headwinds, but there have always been headwinds to change. So I don't think they're powerful enough to block these sorts of investments. Maybe they can slow them down. You can see there's already been a lot of innovation and growth in, in the green energy areas. The, for example, the cost of solar panels is what, 90% less than it was not too many years ago. As more investment has occurred and the cost of solar has come down very radically. So I don't think that's going to stop it. Now, the government could do this all by itself, just like it sent a man to the moon through NASA. NASA had a lot of very positive long-term benefits to the country and to the development of basic research and technology that have rained down on us on the decades since then. But perhaps a better approach would be for the government to do this in a series of a large number of joint venture companies with the private sector. So if, for instance, the government could select the 10,000 most promising entrepreneurs and scientists in the United States and set up joint venture companies with them, with the government borrowing the money and funding these companies lavishly. And in exchange for financing these joint venture companies with the private sector, the government would keep a 60% equity stake and the entrepreneurs and the scientists would keep a 40% equity stake. And when one of these companies, the entrepreneurs would keep the 40% equity stake for managing the company. And when one of these companies discovers a cure for cancer or kidney disease or Alzheimer's disease, then it would be, how much would it be worth if you listed it on NASDAQ? Trillions of dollars, right? And the US taxpayers would own 60% of the company because the government has a 60% equity stake. And so this sort of investment would pay for it. These companies would be so profitable. An investment on the scale that I'm discussing, and I go into great detail in this in the book, the investment I'm discussing is so large that it would be almost certain to produce miracles. It would induce a new technological revolution that would not only turbocharge U.S. economic growth, but result in medical breakthroughs that would radically in enhance human well-being, and not only in the United States, but all around the world. So right. that is the money revolution and the opportunities that exist through the money revolution. Very similar to, I think COVID, the COVID vaccine was there was a JB where the U.S. had not only Pfizer and Moderna, but multiple companies going after the same goal. And it also reminds me of most recently in like Korea, a lot of their government backed their bigger companies. That's what's fueled their growth the last couple of decades. That's right. Not only, of course, Japan, Korea, Taiwan, they were all government directed through the Ministry of Finance in most instances. And just today, Europe is subsidizing large-scale construction of new semiconductor factories. And China, of course, is a very government-directed economy with the government in investing very aggressively in new industries and technologies. So there are really three reasons I see this sort of investment program as being absolutely crucial to our future in the United States. And first, as I've said several times, the U.S. needs credit growth 
to stay out of recession and crisis. Well, this sort of government borrowing and investing would ensure that we have enough credit growth to make the economy grow. But secondly, there is a real national security threat now from Chinese investment relative to the size of their economy is 22, 20 is 42% of GDP. That's twice as high as U.S. investment to GDP. So China relative to GDP is investing twice as much as the U.S. And in terms of basic research, in terms of research and development, in 19, in the year 2000, the United States invested eight times more than China did in research and development. But in 2019, China overtook the United States in research and development investment. And if current trends continue, then by the end of this decade, China in 2030 will invest 40% more in research and development than the United States does. And if that happens, China is going to very quickly become the dominant superpower economically, technologically, and militarily. And the real threat, the biggest threat perhaps is the risk that they're going to develop artificial intelligence before the United States does. If the country that gets to artificial general intelligence first, the point where machines are as intelligent as, as human, after that, they'll become exponentially more intelligent very quickly. Whoever controls artificial intelligence first, it will be the 21st century equivalent of that country having a nuclear weapons monopoly. The rest of the world will be at their mercy. And at this rate, it's going to be China that gets there first. And that's why the U.S. needs to invest much more aggressively in these new industries and technologies just to ensure U.S. national security. So that's the second reason the U.S. should invest. But the third and the most compelling reason, I believe, is it would be so easy for the U.S. to finance an investment on this scale, and it would be so certain to deliver just extraordinary breakthroughs and technological and medical miracles and do so much to improve human well-being and increase job opportunities and national wealth and prosperity, that it's a moral imperative. We must do this because we can do it. And so that's what the book is all about. It's called The Money Revolution, describing this, how we got to this new economic environment we find ourselves in and the opportunities that this new economic environment opens up to us, how to finance the next American century. That's the subtitle. Yeah, so folks, if you support the book, if not the Chinese are going to kick our butts, get the AI, got to push these ideas forward. Uh, I would also say check out Richard's uh, website, richardduncanomics.com. We'll put a link. We, I've got a lot of our older interviews with you, Richard, at the website, uh, simplepassivecashflow.com slash Duncan. So if, want, if people want to go back and see if he changed his mind with anything, which I don't think he did, they can go back and review this stuff, listen to some of the older interviews. And if you guys are really interested in this stuff and in a pretty efficient manner, check out his market watch subscription too. I, I don't know if any, what's the best way of checking that out, Richard? Yeah. So my video newsletter, which has been going now for nearly nine years, is called Macro Watch. And what Macro Watch is every couple of, every two weeks, I upload a new video. It's essentially me making a PowerPoint presentation with, with audio describing these slides, discussing something important happening in the global economy and how that's likely to impact asset prices, stocks, bonds, properties, currencies, commodities. And so, for example, some of the recent videos, the, the main themes of MacroWatch are that credit growth drives economic growth, 
and liquidity determines whether asset prices go up or down. So last year, the big theme of MacroWatch was the, the Fed was creating $120 billion a month. And so this was creating a liquidity tsunami, I called it, that was likely to drive up asset prices. And in fact, it drove them into a frenzy. But starting around September last year, the Fed started changing its tune and letting it know that it was going to taper quantitative easing. And it turned around from being having very loose monetary policy to very tight monetary policy. And so at that point, I started, I turned bearish around September last year, saying the liquidity tsunami is coming to an abrupt end. And since then, I've published probably at least 10 videos with titles such as Fear the Fed and Prepare for a Very Hard Landing that have warned that as liquidity dries up, it's going to be a very difficult environment for asset prices. And sure enough, asset prices have been crushed. So these are the ty types of videos that I produce. And so if your listeners would like to learn more, they can visit my website, which is richardduncaneconomics.com. That's richardduncaneconomics.com. And if they would like to subscribe to MacroWatch, hit the subscribe button. And I'd like to offer your listeners a 50% subscription discount. So if they hit the subscribe button, they'll be prompted to put in a discount coupon code. If they use the coupon code Lane, your name, they can subscribe at a 50% discount. So I hope they'll check that out at richardduncaneconomics.com. And at the very least, while they're there, they can sign up for my free blog and follow my work that way. Lane, I've just lost your audio. I... Oh, there, there I am. Yeah, so yeah. folks, I would say if you're really interested in this type of how the economy really works, I would suggest going there and learning yes, or at least checking out some of the free videos. There's just so much fear mongering out there these days. And when you start to learn like how creditism works and how we're not on economics and how the gold standard is no longer here, it really puts a lot of these headlines in more context as opposed to just taking whatever the media says. Lane is not a lawyer CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.